Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. This episode has been brought to you by The Afterlight Institute. The Afterlight Institute is a community of teachers and students seeking to expand their spiritual gifts and their inner wisdom on the road to illuminating their forgotten selves. Offering online courses, in-person retreats, live events, online expositions, and more, the Afterlight Institute is a safe and inclusive space for all. To learn more, head to theafterlightinstitute.com. Lauren Grace here and welcome to the show and I'm joined today by my beautiful friend Dr. Susan Corso. She is a metaphysician and intuitive and an author of both fiction and non-fiction. She has had a spiritual consulting practice for over 40 years. Her latest nonfiction are the eight energy integrity workbooks. They teach applied practical knowledge of how your chakras reflect your past, how your chakras can be changed in the present, and how to use your own human energy system to create your future. Her fiction crosses genres and is about people who are conscious creators. She lives in the Hudson River Valley in Cupcake Manor, best name ever, and with her beloved husband and her familiar Mooch. And Susan is joining me back on the show again because we had the best time hanging out last time. And I just thought I need to talk to you again. And here's a good excuse. Welcome back, Susan. Thank you so very much, Laura. And I'm so glad to be in Australia this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so I want to give our listener at home a little bit of context because um, I want them to know the theme for today's show and how it sort of came about. So when I did the conversation with Susan last um, last time, and I'll put some links to those shows as well in the show notes here, I really encourage you to go back and listen. I was explaining to Susan that um, I was feeling insecure about letting people know that I'm an intuitive reader and um, I do mediumship and I'm a clairvoyant. I was feeling really quite nervous about putting myself out there and it's taken me a long time to do it. And even as they say it to you now, it makes me feel emotional and also nervous. So um, when, when Susan and I stopped recording, I had come to the realization that I needed to do a lot of work within my base chakra, which was a lot about security and safety and feeling powerful to be who I am. And you know, in terms of that, I'm really powerful and confident in a lot of other ways in my life. It was just, I think, you know, that sort of thing really, really hit me deep. And Susan intuitively mentioned that maybe I needed to also do some work on the witch wound. And so I decided that I um, thought that this would be an amazing conversation to have with you, our listener at home and, and with Susan, because I think the witch wound is something that affects a lot of a lot of women and maybe men and um that i think it's something that we need to talk about and because it's something i'm going through myself i just thought it was going to be really great so that's what we're talking about today on the show susan did you want to add anything to that before we sort of get into no, the nitty-gritty no that's a that's a perfect way to start the truth is that um the witch wound and i have a much larger context for it than just the witch wound as if that isn't enough yeah, yeah. um which we can we can get to but th there is there is one question that the witch wound asks 
and it asks it in the guise of a million symptoms. And that question is, am I safe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Am I safe? And depending upon how you have the witch wound encoded into your system, which will be different than anybody else's, because you will have more of it in one chakra than another. You'll have a little bit in one chakra. You'll have maybe a crumb or two over here that you cleaned up in three lifetimes ago. So <laughs> it 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 actually needs approaching, strangely, from three different directions. And the way that I have worked with it for a long time is to um, to talk about ourselves and how information comes to us and information basically comes to us in three ways it's what we say to and about ourselves right so i'll give you an example i'm such an idiot right mm-hmm. now i don't say that to myself but because that's ridiculous i can say it now right i'm such an idiot right yeah. then information comes to us from what other people say to us you're such an idiot right Mm-hmm. Then information comes to us from what we are afraid people say about us or what we have overheard people say about us. Mm-hmm. She's such an idiot. And so what you what we don't know is, for example, you're standing in line at Starbucks, minding your own business, going to pick up your latte, and you hear two girlfriends dishing somebody else, and one of them says, she's such an idiot, and you suddenly are having a panic attack, and you don't understand why. Because you know damn well they're not talking about you, right? Right. They're talking about their friend. That they're, yeah. But you have a witch wound piece encoded based on what other people say, or what you think other people say. And we all love to think that we can read people's minds. It's really amazing to me. And the weirdest thing is we can barely read our own. Our own. So yeah. reading somebody else's mind, please. Yeah. I can, I can barely figure out what to have for lunch. So, <laughs> so, right? yeah. so that thing is like, ah. But because the witch wound asks the question, am I safe? It applies in a far bigger way. So I think to include humanity in this, because it wasn't only women witches, right? And I want you to think about your friends and who you know, right? Somebody somebody said the other day, um, the witch wound is for people who are two, T-O-O. And then you fill in the blank. Right, too sexy, too noisy, too busy, too loud, too fun, too shy, too scared, too, 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 it doesn't matter what to, right? Because the weirdest thing about it is it can make you feel like you're too much and not enough at the same time. Yeah, that's amazing that you say that that because I identify with that so much, Um, especially being Canadian in Australia. I'm, I'm a little bit more blunt and straightforward than than like in general, than people are in general. And also I think that in my life I've been, um, outgoing and even though I'm, I'm empathic and I have, I'm introverted as well. (laughs) Um, I think that sometimes I have had a difficult time with owning my power and feeling comfortable in the way that I'm being perceived, which is exactly what you're talking about. And when you were giving the example of an, I'm, I'm an idiot, it made me think about how 
sometimes the witch wound is exactly what you said. It's showing up in other ways. So for example, I'm afraid of talking about my ability to do, you know, to speak with spirit and things like that in a business context, especially because I was afraid about how I would be received by others. And would they feel that I wasn't able to, um, to work with them anymore or support them in that level. And really that's just kind of like, uh, an ex a symptom in a way of what's a bigger problem. And, What's really interesting, Susan, is, you know, this, this podcast is a spiritual podcast. It's focused on the lo love and light. It's focused on empowering people and giving them new perspectives and letting them know they're not alone. Right. And, um, I've done competitions and things like that on social media before. And sometimes people write crazy comments on there, like really angry comments, really religious off around how you know this is sacrilegious and I'm paraphrasing here but you know um really hurtful hateful things and and it's just it's fascinating to me that well people would do that but also uh I can see that there's so many layers to this conversation than just what we think it's about can you explain what the witch wound is for someone at home who might not have heard this term before and isn't really uh -huh. sure what we're talking about. <laughs> uh -huh. um, it, it tends to be contextualized with two other kinds of wounds. Uh, the first is the mother wound. The second is the sister wound. And then there's the witch wound. So let's take it to a bigger level and, and include all of humanity because yeah. most of the mammals who are alive today have mothers right? So instead of yeah. calling it the mother wound, it's the parent wound, right? And all of us have been wounded by our parents. And I'm not parent bashing. I'm saying that souls are drawn to one another for the purpose of healing and growing. And so you pick, I believe you pick your parents, you yeah. know, my dad was killed in a plane crash when I was five years old. Mm -hmm. And it took me a very long time to understand, um, that on some level, I picked that. I chose that not to have a dad here as my champion, as an only girl with younger brothers, mm -hmm. right? I chose that. Well, what did that do for me? Well, that did a lot of things for me that I now see as a much older person than I saw when I was, you know, closer to the age my dad was when he died, right? So- we have the, we have this parent wound and then we have, and that's where it's between you and your personal parents, right? Then we have, instead of the sister wound, the peer wound. That's when we encounter the mean girls in the sixth grade, right? Or the cool kids, right? The jocks, and we're not allowed to be a part of that group, right? So it's betrayal by your own peers. So the witch wound actually is the spiritual wound that most of humanity is carrying right now. The conventional wisdom about the witch wound is that it's caused by patriarchy. Yeah, I don't think that's what it's caused by. I actually think what it's caused by is the selfishness that is at the core of all of our systems. Capitalism, uh, um, patriarchy, yes, of course, religion, government, right? Until yeah. we understand 
that if if I don't want for you, Lauren, what I want for me, if I don't want you to have the same kind of blessings that you that I want for me, I don't get those blessings. I need to include everyone. So what the spiritual wound has done is put mediators between all of us and God, right? Now, I'm not bashing the church either. Ministers, priests, imams, rabbis, they're all serving to the best of their ability. But most of us, in fact, what are known in the marketing industry as SBNRs, right? Spiritual, but not religious, I love that SBNR. Oh, okay. I have never heard um, that. That sounds so good. <laughs> Spiritual, but not religious, right? What we have said is no wait. There is divinity within each of us and within all of us. So each of us has access to divinity. I don't need anybody to stand between me and God. Yeah. That's the vengeful God. That's the God that's going to punish you. As opposed to learning that there is a God within, an imminent God, and a God transcendent. That's, I was called the God of the Alps, right? That's all, the God that's always bigger than the problem. Whatever the problem is, the Alps are bigger, right? So yeah. let's do it that way. Okay, so that spiritual wound has taken us out of our own direct experience of the divine. Right. Cause it's taken us away from our power and it's as though we play, you know, these smaller versions of ourselves. Like we think, oh, I can't directly talk to God or I can't directly, um, step into my power. Talk that, to spirit. Yeah. And talk to, to spirit. People, the, the spirits of, of people who are, uh, missed by the other people who are still yeah. here, like yeah. a medium does perhaps. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right. Or even be abundant, right? It's almost like it's this whole idea. I think of, you know, oh, well, if I get what I want, then I'll be taking away from somebody else, or I'm not deserving of, of having all of that. Or I was having a fascinating. Right. And that structure is called economics, yes. same structure, selfishness. Right. Yes, exactly. And you know Go what I was on. talking you were about having... the other day um, with some people is we were talking about upper limiting ourselves. And I, I read that book um, by yes. Gay Hendricks, The Big Leap. I don't know if you've read it. And, you know, he was talking a lot about mm -hmm. how like we, we on some level don't believe that we can have all this good without having something else go awry. Do you think that's also part of the witch wound or it's part of our, our flaws in a way is, um, or something that we need well, to work through. Actually, I, no, but you know, what I think is, I think it's projecting a shadow onto the natural polarity on the planet hmm. as if that polarity has to have a good and bad aspect. It's the, it's the yin yang symbol all over, right? The dark side is the yin side with the yang circle in the center of it, right? Well, is that bad? No, it's no. not. But yeah. we have that black and white perception. <clears throat> Excuse me, Lauren. Um, yeah. We have that, the business of something has to be good so that something can be bad, which is actually, if you think about it, the basis of most of Western education. 
is comparison. Yeah. Years ago, this is something for your business clients. Somebody said to me, um, did you know that 93% of people in business count things and the other 7% are the ones who create the things that the 93% count? Yeah, that's so interesting. I thought, oh God, let me be in the 7%, please. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. wow, wow, 93% of people in business count things. That is... the. Uh, that is a scary idea to me. So yeah. this this business of something if if something is good then something has to be bad or if something's bad then something has to be good. It's not causative. Hmm. Interesting. Right? You it's like what Gay Gay Hendricks is saying. It can get better and better and better if you yeah. don't contract in between the gettings. Right. right. If you don't go into contraction when your world is expanding, that's the witch so, wound is the, yeah. I mean, the witch wound is, is contraction. Right. Cause it's not flow because you're restraining yourself um, and you're not being in integrity, which last time when we were talking, you explained that integrity was wholeness. So when you're not in wholeness with who you are, then you're contracting. And right. we do it in such minuscule amounts, right? I mean, how many how many women do you actually know who, if asked, do you like your body, would immediately say yes? I know, I know a lot not. of women who would say no. Yeah. I will tell you though, Susan, are, I love my body and it's taken me 20 years to be able to say that. And so- I, I would say that I'm definitely someone who, who feels like that. And I, I would have moments sometimes where I'm like, oh, interesting. Like I can see I'm aging and I'm, you know, I'll notice sometimes, you know, flaw, like, I don't want to say flaws. I just can't think of a better word. I'll notice maybe things that I wouldn't change as perfect changes. Yeah, that's better. Um, but I really work really hard at, at like, just not even making them a thing. But you're right. So many women um, and men struggle with body dysmorphia or feeling comfortable in their in their body. And this is where we live. This is where we live. Right. Or <laughs> or we uh, I mean, the, the women I know mostly would say some of it. Do I love my body? Yes, some of it. But right. if I could fix my da 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 da, then everything would be great. Right. Uh, you know, I love my body between the top of my breasts and the top of my thighs. But then after that, forget it. Like, whoa, wait, what, what are you doing with your legs? Where are your arms? Like, what is happening here? And mm. it's that um, tiny parsing of things that are by their nature whole. Right. Your body is a whole. The whole thing works together. There's not one part of it, not one that doesn't serve a function. That's an incredible piece of information. It is. It is. Incredible. But you're right. This is where we live. And good for, I say, congratulations. As we say in New York, mazel tov to, mm. to you, which means congratulations in Yiddish, that that you have, have made the journey to be able to say, yes, I love my body. Yeah. Um, 
I don't think I lived in mine until I was 30. And what happened actually to bring me into my body was I had a baby. And believe me, that's an in-the-body experience. <laughs> totally. I have never had a baby. You can't have so. a baby and not be in your body. Right? Yeah, so can't so, relate to that, but the, I would imagine that that would do that. But, you know, continue. Go ahead. I what I What I see about all of this is, okay, this witch wound exists in its collective there must be some good that is meant in it. Like what is the blessing of the witch wound? Well, it makes us instantly aware of our spirituality. Just like that, faster than fast. We are spiritual creatures. You don't have to believe that you know, and I don't mean religious creatures. I mean, spiritual creatures, which is a different movie altogether. I mean, by all means, go to church if that's where you find God. But if, you know, I'm fond of saying, if you find God on the golf course, make a tea time (laughs) for real. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, my husband, it teases me. He's a, like a big nature guy and he loves nature things, right? My idea of nature is asphalt. <laughs> I'm a city girl. I'm a city girl through and through. Do I want to go hiking? That, no, I want to go stay at the plaza and you come and get me for tea afterwards. You know, absolutely not. <laughs> not a nature girl, right? Knock yourself out. Go get sweaty and stung by mosquitoes and have fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But bottom line here, this operates in every single place in our lives, body, heart, mind, spirit. Every bit of us is affected by this distance between ourselves and our spirituality, which is why it's so interesting. Starting in the 1980s, spirituality started to kind of, well, really in the 60s, but seriously in the 80s, it started kind of being... You know, I I used to say that spiritual stuff, right? But then people started having conversations about it, you know, on Wednesdays. It wasn't just a Sunday thing anymore. Like, well, wait, what? You read the tarot? Tell me about the healing? You're a channeler? What's that? You know, (laughs) and and all of that started happening. And that's one of the reasons that we have discovered this spiritual wound. I have a question. Oh, go ahead. Well, we're stuck in in amassing information. You know, it's the workshop junkie thing. You know, consciousness yeah. cuties, learning and this and this and this, which is why I say my business is applied metaphysics. If you're not applying it, I don't care what you know. And I don't care what I know, which is a lot. Yeah, right? yeah. I yeah. mean, I studied this stuff. Well, that's true. If you're not using it, you're losing it anyway. But if you're not putting it into reality, what's what's the use of it? That's for that's for sure. And that doesn't mean that you're not going to have times when you're like stronger at, at things or you're in a good habit and you fall out. I have a question for you. When you were talking, I, I was thinking of the question about how, you know, when we talk about the witch wound, you know, because my interpretation before talking to you was very much about, you know, the... Um, the women that were, that were abused and and killed, um, 
millions of women by the church, um, you know, for being healers, working with animals, um, things like that. So I always thought that the witch wound really was derived from that period of time that we've sort of, you know, many of us are from those, uh, you know, reincarnated from those periods and, and can identify with that. My question to you is also about whether or not we need to take responsibility for our own witch wound, because I think that there's a lot of, um, sometimes we blame patriarchy or we blame all these things. And I think in, which is true, which is definitely value valid, you know, that a lot of that maybe came from it, but at the same time, do we now start to take responsibility for our own healing and stop looking at the causation or why these things happened or what triggered that and blah, 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 and start to look at the healing part of the journey instead of where it's come from and why we feel a certain way. Um, I, it's a really good question. And here's what I think. I think that uh, a lot of humanity is stuck in the blame game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, it's a legitimate, it's a legitimate reason. It, I mean, they're stuck in the blame game because the number one weapon of the structures that I was talking about that are powered by selfishness is shame. Yeah. Right. They, we are shamed for being too fill in the blank, right? Too yeah. smart, right? Too wise too good at healing people. What are you doing? Right. Yeah. And that's how the AMA got rid of the midwives, right? Wait, that's how they took over pregnancy and it became a pathology instead of a normal thing. Right. So the answer to your question is, I think that what all of us would benefit from is uh, up-leveling from the blame game and the fault game. Whose fault is this? Who can we punish for this? Well, darlings, patriarchy is punishing itself. Economics are punishing themselves. You know, all of us calling out this and this and, you know, sexism, racism, I mean, fill in the blank, right? All yeah. that is punishing itself. What we get to do is look at it as, ah, these structures catalyzed our awareness of the witch wound. And so what that did, and that was a great gift because that made us go, yeah. well, wait, I don't need to, I don't need to go in a building on Sundays wearing a hat or a, a, a veil and approach God on my knees. I can talk to God while I'm doing the damn dishes. Mm -hmm. Oh, so it woke us up. To the pain of it catalyzed by those structures. And if you look at it as a catalyst instead of causative, right? Something that's a catalyst causes a reaction. That's what we needed to wake up to the witch wound and go, huh, no wonder I sabotage myself all the time. No wonder I get just so far and then I back off. No wonder I am a terribly afraid of personal violence or violation for no reason that I've ever had any in my own life, right? No wonder. And you begin to understand, oh, which is why it's so important. And we, I know we will get to this, that we 
talk about all the different ways this plays in the different chakras because your your prescription of the witch wound might be seated in the first chakra or and my guess would be it's far more likely in your situation to be in the seventh chakra which mm -hmm. is your direct connection to the divine oh huh I mean, I'm allowed to talk to spirit. I'm allowed to talk to God. I'm allowed to know what I know. Like, oh, huh. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it does. And, you know, I love how you're talking about, you know, these, these challenges that arise and using them as a catalyst for change. And, you know, I was thinking about how, when we know what we don't want, we know what we do want. And, you know, I've talked to people and I've read books about the idea that, you know, as souls, we come to earth to experience light and shade, because if we live in light all the time, we don't understand what that even is without seeing, you know, some shade aspects as well. So, you know, that's probably like a pretty big conversation in itself, but at the same time, you know, you're sort of flipping the witch wound and looking at, at it as an opportunity for growth, as opposed to an excuse for remaining small. Well, and you know what? Okay. Let's just say, okay. It's the patriarchy's fault. Mm. Yeah. Where does that what of it? leave you? Yeah. And now what? <laughs> right it's yeah. like you you get the chicken pox the chicken pox is a virus they itch it terribly right it bothers you okay what are you gonna do blame the virus well yeah maybe but there's no there's no power in blame in fact blame is like a siphoning off of all your power, which is why remaining in a victim space, and I am not criticizing, I understand what it is to be a victim, believe me. There was sexual abuse in my childhood. There was alcoholism in my childhood. There was unbelievable grief in my childhood. I, I am no stranger to tragedy, believe me. And, okay, that happened. Like it, don't like it. Have an opinion about it, don't have an opinion about it. It happened. Now what are we going to do? That's the question. Fine. Now what am I going to do? Am I going to let that scar tissue form, which is the strongest tissue the body makes emotionally and physically as well, and turn around and help other people heal from childhood sexual abuse, from alcoholism, from great grief? Absolutely I am. Because I am unwilling to have there be meaningless chaos in my mm. life. Wow. That's I don't believe life. I don't believe life is meaningless ever. Every bit of life has meaning. If you look for it, you might not like what it means, <laughs> okay right I mean like uh, I know several women who've had breast cancer and really had to look at the fact that their families were essentially draining their energy they had to go apart from their families in order to heal 
because of what they learned about what it is to be a woman. And it is to give nourishment beyond what one is capable of. And that's the epidemic of breast cancer in two sentences right there. Women need nourishment. Hello? Oh no, you give everything for your children. Uh, If you do that, you got nothing left for you. And eventually there will be nothing left for your children, darling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. have to take care of you. Mm -hmm. I was talking to a group of people a while ago about self-care and I was saying, you know, it's not about if you're going to burn out, it's about when you're going to burn out. And I wasn't trying to instill fear or anything, but I was trying to make it real so that they could understand that you are unable to give and give and give and give without filling up your own tank as well. Right. I mean, how, how would that work if you were handing out gallons of gasoline from your, or like in Australia, they call it petrol? Right. Do you do you actually give away the gasoline in your own car and then expect to get to the grocery store? I don't think so. Yeah. And it's so that's so logical, but we don't think about it that way because there's no. all this projected structure. I mean, all that come. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Women are the, uh, the are the basis of the family. I mean, uh, it's amazing to me how we humans have had to over and over and over again define, redefine, rechange, redefine, redefine wh- who we want to be in the world. And the witch wound is a huge opportunity to go. Actually, I can talk to God. Cool. I gotta ask her some questions. Yeah. I need to know some answers here. Do you think right. that guilt has a big part of like, is guilt part of the witch wound as well? Because, you know, I think that a lot of, um, of caretakers that, you know, when they're giving, giving, giving that they, they feel guilty if, you know, someone's in need or, you know, they feel guilty to give to themselves when they could be giving to someone else. So I guess I'm just wondering whether or not you think that that's also connected to the witch wound or is that sort of guilt another, another challenge? No, I think, and I think it's part of a spectrum. I think it's um, guilt and worry. Guilt is all about the past, right? What I did, what I didn't, what I said, what I did, what I didn't say. Guilt is all about, ah, and avoiding feeling guilty. We don't like to feel that way, right? Worry is all about the future. Mm -hmm. What will this mean? What will they think? Oh my God, if I go and have a spa day and I'm not saving that hundred dollars for my kid's college education, he's three, but never mind. You know, (laughs) like that, right? It's putting together things that actually don't go together. And what it is, is taking... Um, the belief systems of other people onto ourselves without checking in, right? Without, um, like I know someone uh, who wanted to return to work three weeks after she had her son. Not a stay-at-home mom, not interested, wanted to go to work, could afford a nanny, had absolutely no trouble with it. And her mother did everything she could to shame her 
you have to stay home with your child. Oh my God, the bonding and the this, and you'll miss that, and you'll miss this, and you'll miss that. And my my friend was desperate to go back to work. She was happy. She got her validation there. She was connected. She had a whole team of people she was responsible for. And she finally had to go tell her mother to go jump on a lake. Mm -hmm. But it was her mother projecting what she valued onto her daughter rather than seeing her daughter as a separate person. What she did, her mother projected what motherhood means onto her daughter. Well, but that mother... 20 years earlier, of course, stayed home because that's what women did. But my friend was in a family where every, where both people worked. Yeah. She had options. That that was what enabled them. What? She had options. Say that. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. And, and she struggled with her mother's belief system until I finally said to her, uh, does your mother believe any other unreasonable things? And she went, what? I said, well, I don't know. Does she believe in, in the lepre- in leprechauns or I don't know, whatever. She said, why are you asking me that? I said, because what she's doing is offering you a belief system that's unreasonable. It's not your belief system. Why do you have to even consider it? So yes, the answer to your question is yes. I think both guilt and worry are part of of any wound that keeps us away from our own divinity. Yeah. So few people understand this, you know. Yes, there is a, a transcendent God. There is a big old honking God that is on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, you know, that God, that guy with the index finger and Adam, right? Okay. If that works for you, great, right? But my God doesn't look like Poseidon. My God looks like a woman first. Let's, that's what works for me. It's just an avatar, you know, how I want to think about it. Mm. That's all software. You can look at God any way you like, right? Mm-hmm. If you need it to be a big burst of light in space, okay, God doesn't care. Mm-hmm. However you can imagine God, how do you need to interact with that my mom died very unexpectedly just after i turned 40 and um i went to god shrieking i was so mad and i said i need a god that looks like me i need to be connected to a feminine god god the mother i need a mother i'm the oldest person in this family and i'm not old enough to be the oldest person in this family yet Right. Well, okay. So I got some imagery. I went, oh, all right. That works for me. Good enough. I always have a Mary candle burning. She works for me or I work for her really, but more to the point, it's, it's okay. You have to remember your right to connect to God. So do you think that healing God, go ahead. No, you don't have to, I'm saying you don't have to call it God. You can call it whatever you like. I, I use God because it's the shortest word. That's the only reason. Yeah, I change. I call it source, creator, God, spirit. I, I use all those things. I guess my question to you is that, is the purpose of healing the witch wound so that we can be in integrity with ourselves here and now? Or is it so that we can connect 
closer to God? Or is it all of those things? Or none of those things? Uh, I think it's all of those things and more of those yeah. things, which yeah. is this. Um, if the witch wound is about people who are two, right? <laughs> T-O-O, whatever T-O-O you are, too flamboyant, too fabulous. Um, then what it actually is, the purpose of healing the witch wound is ease and joy and peace living in your own skin so that you actually have much bigger choices about how you wish to spend your time, what you wish to create. But if every time you go to dream something for yourself, to conjure up a new idea, you know, oh, okay, well, I've been a business consultant for a really long time. So now I think I'll include my mediumship in this, like you, you were saying earlier, <laughs> like, oh, wow. Yeah. How, how, how it, I mean, that's a really big conceptual change for yeah. you about yeah. who you are, right? Yeah. Healing the witch wound lets you see the path from business consultant, including your mediumship in it and where it takes you, mm -hmm. right? It gives you much broader vistas and horizons and it makes you a beautiful example of wholeness of integration of ah i see i know what the wound is i mean here's talk about this right when we talked about doing this uh podcast about the witch wound i thought well i better get my thoughts in order about that because you know I've talked about the witch wound with people, but it's, you know, been very specific to a client, you know, and about their own patterning, right? So I thought, what are the broad strokes here? Well, I took a nap this afternoon, which is not unusual. And I got up from my nap and normally I would have put my hair up. Here's an example, right? I almost always wear my hair up, certainly in public. That comes from years of people paying attention to my hair and making me uncomfortable, me not wanting that kind of attention. I have a cloud of red hair. Okay. Um, now it's got streaks of white in it and all kinds of stuff. But I went tearing through cupboards looking for small clips so that I could pull most of it back, but leave some down today. And when I went into the kitchen, my husband said to me, that's a new hairdo. And I, I said, mm, actually, it's a very old hairdo. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I thought to myself, wow, I can't remember since the onset of COVID, I cannot remember the last time I wore any of my hair down. And how do you feel? Ah, well, first of all, mystically hair represents your individuality in the world oh so here i am showing more of myself 
withholding less of myself because mm -hmm. I just went through my own thoughts on the witch wound. I thought to myself, God, I'm gonna have to say this to Lauren. This is so wild. I'm suddenly doing my hair differently for the first time in, I don't know, three and a half years. Whoa, that, that but it's that. It's, you know what? I love wearing my hair down. It's, it, but that pulled back, I'm in control, right? Which is so funny. I don't know if you've ever heard this, but I had a woman say to me in all seriousness, you know what which stands for, don't you? And I said, stands for? You mean like means? She said, no, no, no. It's an acronym. Woman in total control of herself. Oh, wow. Oh. Which woman in total control of herself. Well, I laughed myself silly about that. I thought that was great. So of course I went on Google and there are memes and there are this is and that's about woman in total control of herself. I thought, wow, isn't that cool? Okay, but I changed the, this pattern to the parent wound, the peer wound. So I decided I need another P, right? So it needed to be the pitch wound. Okay. So what do we do when we put ourselves out in the world? We pitch, we pitch what we do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Person in total control of herself. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Himself. Right. So yeah. that's what we're doing. We are actually becoming identified with our own wholeness when we heal the witch wound. And all of us have the right to stay with our bleeding, with our scars, with our pain. We absolutely do. Everyone does. And the ones who wish to say, oh yeah, I used to have a witch wound, but I did the work. It's, it's, it's scabbed over and it, it's like a son of a bitch, but then it's scarred and I'm clear. I got it. I don't have yeah. to be afraid of who I am publicly anymore yeah. or even privately. I can look in the mirror and see all of me. Oh, so one of the major symptoms of the witch wound is what I call faceting. Um, in the sense of, you know, like a diamond has facets, right? And it's what we do is we um, edit ourselves. And I, it, 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 the interesting thing about edits are normally when they're done, they're done after the creation. No, we edit as we go along, right? So we tune into the room, we think we know what's going on and we say, oh, I'm not gonna talk about the fact that I'm an intuitive. I don't think this crowd is really gonna like this. Right. I did it for years, apologized first to me and then to other people until people finally started seeking me out and saying, Hey, I heard you're an intuitive. Can we talk, you know, like in ladies' rooms? <laughs> I said, Well, <laughs> this is getting, this is getting around. I may as well just be this. Right. Yeah. Everybody knows this except me. Right. I was the last to know that everybody knew. It yeah. just made me laugh. I feel like that too, okay. actually, for myself. Many people knew. Right. Well, when they start coming to you in ladies' rooms, you know that it, they all know. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to be out in the world. Then. I'll send you a text as Seriously. soon as it happens. 
right? Exactly. That's great. So this faceting business is, oh, I'll just bring my good girl to this. I'll bring my quiet game to this. Mm. I don't have to add anything here. I'll just hush. Or I won't tell people what I see. I used to sit in meetings all the time and know that I had a sentence that would cut through all the bullshit in the room. And I didn't say it, right? I sat in a room full of ad execs once. We were talking about a Broadway show. I was working on Broadway at the time. I was the only girl in the room. And I was a girl at that point. I was like 24, maybe five. And um, all the men in the room were like posturing and they were all uh, uh, over 40. I mean, they were all old enough to, you know, be my uncles anyway. You know, we should do this and we should do that and blah, blah, blah. And finally I'd had it. They were trying to make an advertisement do more than one thing, which is like marketing 101, right? They were trying to sell single tickets and subscription tickets together. You don't do that. (laughs) That's right. I finally said very quietly, gentlemen, they had never heard me speak in a meeting. They all just went like this. Wow. I said, you are being ridiculous. You are trying to do two things with one thing and you will do nothing if you do it that way. Yeah. You will have a single ticket ad over here. You will have a subscription ticket ad over here. That will solve the problem. And I got up and walked out of the room. I'd had it with their bullshit. Well, my boss later came to me and said, how long had you been thinking that? I said about 10 minutes into the meeting. At that point, it had been like an hour and 40 minutes. (laughs) And he said, would you do me a favor? I said, yeah, he said, speak up next time. Speak up. We just wasted two hours of our lives on that. I said, yes, I know you did. Because they all wanted to be right. Yeah. Right. I just wanted it to work. (laughs) Do you think that that the witch wound is also, um, or that, that charging what you're worth and putting like hourly rates or quotes and, you know, anything to do with money. Cause I know I, a fair amount of entrepreneurs listen to this show as well. And I guess even for myself, I sometimes struggle with that. Well, I struggle with that a lot, actually. Do you think that has to do with, you know, is there a witch wound element playing up or showing it's showing its face in terms of that sure, as well? Because it has, it, it has to do with your self, essentially pricing problems have to do with your self evaluation. Look at the word there. Value is mm-hmm. in evaluation, right? Right. Do mm-hmm. you value yourself? Do you value your skills? And Truthfully, and I have I have walked plenty of people through this, both men and women. Um, you know what? There's something called the internet. And there are other people who do what you do. They might not do what you do where you do it, but there are other people who do what you do. Get on the internet and find out what everybody else is charging. Yeah, yeah. Get yourself a reality check, right? Like, oh, huh. So when I raised my private rate, What made me do it is that I knew a psychologist who told me what she charged for a 40-minute session every time she had a client. And I was, uh, you could have knocked me over with a breath, you know, like uh, I, I, I was so shocked at what she was charging. 
And so I went online and I started asking questions like, what's the average price that a psychologist gets paid in Boston, which is where I was at the time? Oh my God. Numbers like uh, my number was so low compared to that, that it was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, okay, what, what planet have I been on? Yeah. Here is what planet I had been on. I'm the only person who does this. I'm terrified. And hello, if somebody can't afford what I do, I have done the work so yeah. that I don't get my evaluation of me based on what you can pay me. What you pay me has nothing to do with my ego. As far as I'm concerned, God is paying me and using your checkbook. Yeah. Okay. So when someone says, I can't afford this, I say, okay. Tell me what you can't afford. I never turn anyone away because of money, not ever. But mm. I had to work through all that fear. What would people think? What about the pro? What uh, uh, what about you know doing service? What about caring for people? Uh, on and on and on and on and on. Those Chattanooga voices, you know. Bah, 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 bah. And I yeah. all of a sudden I thought, wait a minute. If the median price of a forty-minute hour in Boston right now, 40 minutes is $350. My paltry $100 is silly. Yeah. I could use more money. Now I didn't double my price immediately. I grandfathered in some people who couldn't afford it. Yeah. And eventually titrated to where I needed to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. here's the thing about pricing this is the thing that i use all the time and actually this is a, a really good measure for the witch wound and healing it which is this does this make me feel good about myself or bad right does this make me proud of myself does this make me like lighthearted and want to do a happy dance like put on my favorite piece of music and bop around or does is there a little bit of huh and if there's, huh, like that heavy and sort of hunched shoulders and whatnot, that's the witch wound. Yeah. Put your shoulders back. Go, Own it. well, wait. Uh, well, and the question then to ask is, all right, what would I do if I didn't have the witch wound? Oh, well, I'd charge this. Yeah. Well, okay. Right. Yeah. Ask yourself the what if question, right? What and what will make me answer the question, am I safe with a yes, right? Mm -hmm. And so you imagine scenarios, right? Somebody uh, uh, challenges you on your pricing. I can't believe you would charge that but, 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 on and on and on. Well, okay, that's about you. Yeah. That's not about me. Yeah. Right? Okay, that's fine. I don't mind, but don't. You know, you don't have to feel bad. Um, I would like to run this list of different kinds of symptoms by you. Yeah, let's so do that. Everybody has a chance. And and I can yeah. actually send it to you if you want to put it in the show notes. Wonderful. Um, yes. I'd be happy to. Let's do it. And also let's talk about how we can start healing the witch wound. You know, yes. not only the symptoms, but the, you know, how we get over it because I right. know that our listener at home and me were like, I'm ready, you know, let's do this. I'm ready to live in wholeness. <laughs> cool. I'm ready to Great. have a direct connection to God. 
<laughs> okay, it. so the, the in the first chakra, people feel disembodied. We feel unaccepted and unacceptable. We are afraid of personal violence or violation, whether we've had that or not. And we feel excluded at one level or another all the time, right? In the second chakra, we have we consider that our emotions are invalid and we expect them to be invalidated. We think something's wrong with me. Nothing that we can ever name, but something like existential is wrong with me, right? We, in second chakra problems, have difficulty making and keeping boundaries. In the third chakra, it's a fear of public rejection or humiliation. It's constant comparison and it's perfectionism slash self-sabotage at the same time. Oh, it's not perfect, which is a form of self-sabotage, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. How about if it's good enough, right? Fourth chakra, a fear of parental rejection, terrible people-pleasing, never thinking that you've done enough, right? Fear of being fully yourself and faceting and terrible codependency. Fifth chakra, playing small, self-shrinking. Oh, I couldn't possibly, right? Mm. Bunk, you probably can, right? Whatever it is, you probably can, right? <laughs> Feeling judged by others, choosing, having to choose money or happiness, Interestingly, mm -hmm. that's a fifth chakra thing. Uh, silenced or talks too much, right? Sixth chakra, distrust of people, suppressing what you know, suppressing how you practice, like the things that you do in your life, relying on logic and strategy rather than intuition and wisdom. Um, seventh chakra, disconnected from the divine within and the divine without, a lack of self-trust, a fear of God, and deference to authority above all, right? And in the eighth chakra, the feeling is pity, which is distancing, not compassion, which is getting closer, right? We play victim. There are no boundaries and we feel constant vulnerability. That's the witch wound in all different symptoms. So the first thing that you do to heal it is this. You make a decision that you would like to bring all of who you are to whatever table you're at, right? All of who you are. I would like to bring all of me. Now, that doesn't mean that if it, in one part of your life, you're a pole dancer, that you have to take that to the PTA meeting. You don't, right? But that's not fascinating. That's discretion, right? Right. Okay. And then you go back to those three ways of getting information. And you're trying to answer the question, am I safe? With a yes, right? What do I have to say about myself or to myself that would make me safe? What do I need to hear from other people that would help me be safe? And what do I have to hear about me in order to make me safe, right? And safe is not a fact, it's a feeling. And you know that you're safe when you can relax your stomach muscles. It is as simple and as not easy as that.
when we are afraid, we contract our second chakra and <gasps> this, right? Tight diaphragm. You're breathing, you know, from here to here. <gasps> right? No, 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 no. Whoa. So what you can never know is how you have any of those encoded. You can recognize your own behavior, right? Oh, oh, right. Okay. I'm self-sabotaging. I, sh I self-shrink. I understand. Oh, I'm only bringing part of myself to the table. All right. What would it look like to bring all of myself into this? All of me. All of me is welcome here. All of me is safe here. I will tell you, uh, Lauren, are you familiar with EFT, emotional freedom techniques? Yeah. Yeah, but feel free Tapping. to talk about it for the listener in case they don't know. All right. So essentially what we're looking to do is rewrite the story of your safety in this experience, right? How you do that is you find out where you feel unsafe. Oh no, I could never feel safe. Uh, wearing a sexy dress into Target, let's say. Target is a uh, is a department store here. Mm -hmm. um, okay. What would make you feel safe wearing a sexy dress into Target? I don't know. Start to ask the questions. What would make me feel safe? What would safe look like? What would it smell like? What would it sound like? What would it taste like? What would make me feel safe? So now EFT, emotional freedom technique, is sometimes called tapping. And there are, there's an amazing uh, basis for what tapping is. It was started by a psychiatrist who had been treating a woman for uh, a paralytic fear of water for 30 years. She was so afraid of water that she couldn't give her toddlers a bath. So afraid that she was going to drown. And he had been doing um, aversion therapy with her, you know, eventually getting her to come and sit by a pool. And eventually she, it was, it was good enough, the work that she could put her feet in the pool, but it gave her a terrible migraine. And she said to him one day, sitting with her feet in the pool, um, you know, I have this terrible sinking feeling in my stomach. And he had been studying Chinese acupuncture. And he remembered that the end of the stomach meridian was right here under the eye. So he said, can you take your finger and tap this spot right here? Just right here, under under your eye. Do it like two or three times. Well, she wouldn't stop. She kept doing it. After about 25 times, she stopped and she said, I could swim in this water right now. Wow. Ne never was afraid of water again, ever. Well, he started to ask some serious questions. He got some graduate help and they figured out what was going on. So here's what it is. When you are afraid uh, or when you're not safe, right? You've had the thought that you're not safe over and over and over again. It has dug a trench in your brain known as a neural pathway, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So you're used to walking on that path. You know, the visions, you know, the curves, you know, what's going to go on that whoosh, right? Oh my God, I'm not safe. Whoosh, same path, same path, same path. It gets deeper and deeper and deeper. What EFT does is it interrupts the neural pathways and makes you go, oh, wait, huh, could I have a different thought about safety? Instead of, oh God, I'm not safe. What if my different thought was, how can I make myself safe? Like that's a beginning thought. Yeah. 
even the notion that you could make yourself safe is like, wow, really? Okay. So EFT has several uh, particular places uh, on your face, your head, your body um, that you tap just with the tips of your fingers gently, right? Here you do it, here, here. And if you look it up, EFT, you will find that there's a script that you say. You start with, quote unquote, the negative. So in our case, with the witch wound, we would say, even though I'm not completely over the witch wound, I love, accept, and forgive myself completely. Right? I can go forward and have the witch wound and I'll be okay. Maybe not wholly me, but why not? Let's just entertain the notion that we could. Well, eventually you work through your reactivity and your emotions so that you can say, I'm not available for the witch wound anymore. I'm tired of the witch wound. I think I'll skip it this time. What if I were done with the witch wound? <gasps> what if I were done with the witch wound? What if I were done with the witch wound? What could that mean? What? So it's a process of discovering the messages in your chakras and literally tapping to release the habitual thoughts that have kept you in the pain of it. Doesn't mean that you won't know that you had a witch wound. You'll know, right? But you'll feel possibility and not automated thinking. Because what we want to do is we want to fill in the trench of I'm not safe with other ideas. Now, yeah. There's a reason that you start with quote unquote, the negative, right? Because that, first of all, your subconscious mind doesn't hear the negative, right? So I just said, even though I'm not completely over the witch wound. So what your, my subconscious mind heard was, even though I'm completely over the witch wound, <laughs> I love, accept, and forgive myself completely. Now, I think the forgiveness piece is very important because deep under so many of the things that don't work for us in our lives, I think we have terrible self-judgment, -jud most of us. What is wrong with me? I knew this in the 1600s, for Christ's sake. They burned <laughs> me at the stake 45 times. This is ridiculous, right? It's that. But it's self-chastisement that we don't, we're not conscious of, but it's like a, it's like a radio station that's almost tuned to the station, mm -hmm. you know, and there's a, a buzz a hot, mm, underneath it, right? It is to stop, which is why I do those three pieces of information. What I say, what you say, and what they say, essentially, right? And I work through some of my feelings about being seen, about coming out as an expert, right? About letting my hair down, letting my hair down for mm -hmm. real, right? The other thing I found that really, really helps me, which is, and I can also send you this URL, is there's an incredible recording of a Ganesh mantra. Now, Ganesh is the elephant, the wonderful elephant headed God in Hinduism. And he is allegedly the remover of obstacles. 
No. And this works for me in the following way. I have come to the conclusion that the, um, the pop psychological version of having to re-experience the wound not the actual psych version the pop psychological version is part of what keeps us in victim and keeps us in pain what if i don't have to know any of the details about the witch wound i have to recognize my behavior and go oh dang i did it again i mean i once had a job this is so interesting where the boss asked me to write a job description and I said, okay. And I wrote a job description. She said, no, that's not right. Do it over, right? Eight times, eight times. She said, I'll know it when I see it. On, on the ninth time, she said, no, this isn't right. You have to do it again. I said, no. She said, what do you, what do you mean? I said, no, I'm done with your hoops. If you can't recognize my value to this company, we're done. That's awesome. Very shocked, right? Very shocked. Okay. Well, I was letting the witch wound write those descriptions. I can't show who I am. I need to, you know, this woman is threatened by me. I have to be a little bit less. I have to, I have to couch it in these terms. I have to translate what I'm doing. I, you know, all that stuff. Well, all those go to contribute to, I am not safe. Right. What if my choice was I'm safe in the world. I'm only available to be safe in this world. I'm not available for anything else. And that's a meta change. And that's what Ganesh does. So I know what the broad strokes of the witch wound is in me. I have a couple of really specific, excuse me, specific memories that are so clearly indicative of the witch wound operating that it's like stammeringly obvious but I don't have to dig deep or figure out any more information. Okay. Yeah. Which wound is, do I want it to continue to be is, or would I like it to be was? Yes. I would like was. it to be was. I used to have the witch wound. Hmm. I used to have the witch wound. I used to have the witch wound, but I don't anymore. I healed the witch wound. Well, that feels good. I healed the witch wound. Maybe I should teach other people how to heal the witch wound. Wow, that would be so incredible if all these women on the planet healed the witch wound right now. It's doable, but it's doable when you don't really, the only opinion that matters in this scenario with the witch wound is your own, right? Yeah. Like, if you fell on the playground and scraped your knee, this happened to me when I was a kid and it got infected, right? It was pussy and awful and they had to drain it and this and this and this crazy, crazy stuff. Well, it was because there was tar in my scab, right? (laughs) No one cleaned it. Okay. I didn't need anyone to tell me that it had become scar tissue. It healed. It became scar tissue once we cleaned it out, right? Okay. You know the wound. We don't even have to talk about it. This is between you 
and your ancestral line, because if you heal the witch wound, guess where else you heal it? You heal it all the way back, right? And if you have daughters and sons all the way forward, right? So naming it, understanding how your basic um, presentation of it is between EFT, between this Ganesh um, chanting, which is so magical, which I will also send you, yes. it clears the, those neural pathways because you make the choice. You start with your choice. My choice is I'm safe in the world. I'm safe in the world. Yeah. Not interested in being unsafe. Huh. I don't even want to have to ask the question anymore unless I'm about to walk down a dark alley and I don't know if there's somebody with a knife, right? Like that's when real safety issues happen. But instead with this, we have safety issues going to the grocery store and parking the car, oh, parallel parking. Parallel parking. Women are terrified of parallel parking. Okay, really? Really? My mother taught me to be terrified of left turns. Ugh. Well, that's silly. It's a left turn out of the driveway every time I leave the house. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, time to get over that, right? That's silly. But how you heal it is by a choice saying, okay, this was... This is, I'd like this to change. Mm -hmm. And I would like no longer to unwittingly hand this out to my fellow travelers upon this planet, right? Yes, I claim my relationship with divinity, both inside me and outside me. No, I don't need a mediator. I choose to be safe in the world. Okay, now, where are you stuck? Because the stuck place might be where you need some help. Because it'll be that you have a story under it that you really like, right? Or an experience that is an identifier of you. You know those experiences that you tell when you first meet people and the story is the same all the time. Oh yeah, and then this happened and that happened and this happened. And you just, it's like, you just run it off because you know how to do it. Yeah. Under those stories sometimes is, hmm, right? Like, ah, self-judgment. And I think certainly that the next time you go out to pitch yourself into the world, right? If you said to yourself, okay, no, I'm a person in total control of myself. I don't have to be afraid. I can say what I need to say. Mm. It's okay right? There's a lot of self-talk involved in this, yeah. right? Like coaching in the best way. Well, it you're reprogramming. Outside. That's what it is. Yes. Reprogramming. Yes. So does that answer your, a very long-winded answer to your question? My apologies for that. No, it's great though. Um, so, and I like how you actually basically said, identify what, where your symptoms are, like, or identify what they are, how they're showing up. So for example, me, safety, and when you're talking about work, I, I totally knew what you were talking about there with the job description. And I thought to myself, oh my God, I would never say that. I would just do the work because I would never feel 
comfortable in putting my job in jeopardy. Right. So, so that automatically made me I go, was just okay. mad. I was yeah. just plain well, old had mad. Enough. <laughs> and, you know, I have had enough before, but you know, I think that in terms of like career and stuff like that, I've always felt, oh, I don't know. I got to watch myself. So I love that. So you identify where you're at and then you do the EFT to help you break down those old neural pathways, create new neural nets and the Ganesh thing, which you'll send me with the EFT. I know Brad Yates on YouTube has a lot of videos and there's a lot of experts out there that people can just Google and and check out. Nick Ortner. Uh Nick Ortner. Okay. Fantastic. I'll yes, write that Nick down. Ortner. He did a, a documentary called the tapping solution, which was kind of what made it show up on the map at all. It's 90 minutes and it's amazing. He gathers all these people with different troubles over a four day weekend and teaches them how to tap. Oh, and that's it's wonderful. incredible. Okay. Do you have to tap in a certain order or is you just have to hit the points? You know, it's interesting. I uh, have, was taught it in a certain order. I have seen people do it in all different kinds of orders. And so I've been experimenting just recently with listening inside myself to where you want to tap. tap for a particular issue. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. So... um for me, power issues, for some reason, are collarbone related, right? Ooh. And so I tap there when I'm talking about power. It's time for me to walk in my power. I'm ready to go from potential to power, right? I don't have to be afraid of anybody else's power, right? And that's the one that, that I can feel change happening for that subject. Um, you can look up or I can send them to you, which meridian you're actually tapping the end of when you are choosing different ones. Um, most of the people I know just learn the eight points and they just do them, right? So, you know, yeah. it starts here, then here, 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 under the arm and the top of the head. Very simple. Um Yesterday, I learned actually that the original uh, situation had uh, 14 points and included points on the hand and the uh, on the fingers, which was so interesting uh -huh. um, because those are, the purpose of them is to be able to tap in public because right. you really don't want to, you know, sit under the eye and on your collarbone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. On, on a your, date, right. When someone's lip. making you uncomfortable. <laughs> right? Or an interview, right? Excuse me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, so the tapping on the hand, this one, almost always the rest, free yeah. something up for me that the, they call it the karate chop point, like oh, yeah. and either hand. And I do it on both hands, right? Mm -hmm. When I'm, when I want, you know, it's time for this. I want that, blah, blah. I choose this. I choose that. And that also moves things quickly. So I'm, I'm learning to experiment with it. Um, I don't have it uh, EFT codified well enough to say this point works best for that chakra. This point works best for that chakra, because I think it's not going to play out that way. I think it's going to play out that however you have, whatever issue you're working on, coded is how you're going to be drawn. So I would say learn the points and then 
pick, let your intuition pick the ones that you think or that feel right to you. Yeah. And it's also interesting that this one, this is the, I know, I happen to know that this is the end of the stomach meridian just because under of the eye origin. Susan's yes, touching under the, under eye, the eye. Orbital. Uh-huh. Um, is the stomach meridian. And I tend to process things somatically, digestively in particular. So that one is almost yeah. always sore for me. And that says, oh, mm. hmm, I see. You might want to look at that, dear one. Right. Like the day that that one isn't sore, I'll be like, oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. so, so I say, give, give yourself the freedom to figure out your own best way because your version of the witch wound will be your very own. And I, I truly, truly have experienced that over years and years and years of working with people is everybody has stuff coded differently everybody i think that's why i've stayed so fascinated with this yeah is that man i could have you know eight patients in a day and they all want the same thing and it's a completely different path every person <laughs> wow right like that's amazing to me so that's so good yes that's what I think. I think, and I think that it's time that the witch wound get way conscious. Like yeah. me too made the sexual violation thing really conscious. And it was conscious for women all over the world. Mm -hmm. We knew that long before there was a hashtag, long before anybody ever even thought of hashtags, actually, but never mind. Um, but suddenly it crossed the age barrier so that young women knew, old women knew, middle-aged women knew, all women knew that sexual violation wasn't acceptable. And women who were accustomed to it in hugely patriarchal situations went, oh, wait, no. Like all over the world, women wakened to that thing, right? Ah. Well, I think the witch wound is in that process right now. More people are talking about it. It's, huh, wow. If, what if, what if just on the street that I live on, you know, there may be 16 houses. What if every single person in all those houses knew that they could know God personally? What would that do to the planet? Right. Yeah. Ah, I mean, it makes me awestruck the notion of that. And what a magical thing that here I was invited by someone, I don't know, nine, are you 9,000 miles away from me? Maybe 12,000 miles away, a long way away long from way. me <laughs> to suddenly talk publicly about something that I've been working with for a long, long time. Right. And Excellent. I get to contribute my voice to all the women. And so does Lauren, right? So do you, to all the people who need to heal from this. And yeah. I, you know, I would, I would particularly uh, add to that list. Yes. Women, of course, but also gay men. Yeah. will find this in themselves very, very often. I have found that in gay men. Mm -hmm. So 
wow, you know, let's, let's get this going. Let's heal this witch wound business and go back to being witches and have some fun. Really? Thank you, my sister. And thank you for giving like real tangible ways that people can go and get started on this. I'm always a fan of like how to actually do the action plan as opposed to vagueness. So thank you for that and giving a real strategy. And um, for a listener at home, in the show notes, I'll put a section on helpful resources. So anything Susan sends me, I'll put in there and you can get started, including the symptoms of the chakras, which she said she'd give us. So I'll put that in there as well. Susan, is there anything you wanted to bring up that um, you didn't talk about? How can people get a hold of you? I will put a link to everything that you've got in the show notes, including our our previous episodes, but I'd really like to turn it over for you if you'd like to, you know, say a couple more things and then have a mic drop moment. I would, I would love uh, for anyone who wanted help with this to please feel free to contact me. It's I ampersand, I A M P E R S A N D dot O R G. That's where all my spiritual work is. Um, Or you may uh, investigate the books and fiction that I write on uh, susancorso.com. So that's part of it. Uh, But more, I would say this. To anyone who's even just a a smidgen aware that they could have a witch wound going on, you can do this. You absolutely can do this because a lot of us are already doing it. So on the days it feels impossible, you, you say to yourself, oh, no, wait a minute. Impossible is one of those wonderful words. Take it apart. It says, I'm possible. It is possible for you to change this wound. Completely possible. And don't doubt it for a minute. Beautiful. And imagine what life looks like when you do it. Because <gasps> uh, goosebumps. <laughs> Thank you so much, my sister. I can't wait to have you back on the show. I know this will not be the last time. (laughs) Excellent. Thank you so very much yourself. What a great pleasure to come to Australia. I'll come anytime you like. (laughs) Hi, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.